This Week in HPC. Exascale boost in Obama budget. And computing at the speed of light. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman, and This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. Michael, how's it going this week? Very well, Addison. How's it going with you? Doing fine, thanks. I've been out on the road, but the news has kept coming in, and in particular, uh, we found a, a news item that the Obama administration budget has not only a 7% planned increase in spending over sequestration levels across the board, but in particular, a 5.5% uh, increase in some federal R&D areas and some money that's specifically earmarked for Exascale. Yeah, some uh, semi-good news, at least for Exascale and the R&D budget in general. The 5.5%, as you noted, was a little below the general budget increase of 7%, but uh, certainly above uh, current levels. And this is, for those of you at home, this is the fiscal year 2016 budget, which, uh, for various reasons, gets proposed at the at sort of towards the beginning of 2015, but uh, that's what they're undertaking now, and this is going to work right, its way it's into... It's the fiscal year that'll end in calendar year 2016. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is going to work its way into Congress. So it's just a proposal now. Uh, it won't be this in its final form, but uh, some of the proposals are very interesting. Yeah, in particular, we're looking at uh, planned increases across four different. Um, four different areas or departments that are all related to advancements in science and technology. And they're tying in a lot of different initiatives from advanced manufacturing to personalized medicine. But then some of these flow back to supercomputing area initiatives that are all seeing a planned spending increase. Right. Um, in particular, the, the uh the area for advanced scientific computing research, basic energy sciences, biological environmental research, and then safeguards and security. That that crosscut for or those four crosscuts for the exascale part is set to go from 99 million in fiscal year 2015 all the way up to 208 million in the next fiscal year. So that's a that's a big bump. It's almost twice as much, and but that's what they want to do. They want to devote a lot more into the exascale uh, work being done across those four areas. Right. That's the that's the increase in exascale specific research across ASCR, advanced scientific computing research, basic energy sciences, BES, right. biological environmental research, BER, and then safeguards and security. But if you look at the increases for ASCR in particular, whether or not it has to do with exascale, but ASCR, uh, in their mission, that's where you see a lot of the computing system initiatives. Uh, will live there. And there you're looking at nearly a 15% increase overall, bringing it to about $621 million overall for ASCR in fiscal year 2016. Right. That's, that's a very decent increase and well above the, the general limit. So they are putting definite emphasis on, on that area. In fact, they, the DOE put out a document at the, at the beginning of the month a few days ago, sort of looking at what they want to do um, where the money uh, is is probably going to be spent. They go through the different uh, upgrades they're doing at NERSC and, and Oak Ridge and, uh, 
and and Argon, the the ones at NERSC, of course, and Oak Ridge have been announced as the Cori system and right. the Summit system for the supercomputers. And then the uh, the Argon one is still sort of TBD, but they've already got a name for it there. Yeah, that was interesting. We're seeing this this Argon system, the upgrade to Mira, now getting called out as Aurora with dates in the 2018-2019 timeframe. This is the other part of the Coral initiative that presumably that we haven't heard about yet. And even though this wasn't a Coral-specific announcement, uh, we, we have uh, just a few little tidbits, including this name Aurora, uh, the fact that this is the follow-on to Mira, targeting over 150 peak petaflops uh, with uh, about 13 uh, megawatts of power. That's 15 times the uh, node performance of Mira at about 50,000 nodes. Then there's right. a lot of other NAs filled in here for the announcements they haven't made yet. We've been presuming, although I guess we don't officially know, that this will probably be an Intel architecture machine since we know that it'll be a different, uh, different architecture than what we saw at Oak Ridge and at uh, Livermore, where we saw the open power systems, uh, that, that really makes us assume that the Argon system will probably be Intel, but but I guess we don't know that for sure. Right, we don't know that for sure. We just know that it'll be a different architecture because they basically promised to pick two different uh, platforms across across this program. So we're still waiting for that one. But yeah, very interesting uh, sort of preview of that. Of course, not much details, and some of the some of the final petaflops and sizes. System might actually depend upon the budget that is being uh, that that will go through and finally go through Congress and be allocated for this. Uh, depend upon how much money actually ends up in some of these pots. Yeah, it might be allocated. I mean, getting through Congress, this is going to be a big deal for the, sure. for the president's budget. And a lot of uh, Republicans and now the Republican-controlled Congress have been vowing to fight President Obama, particularly on spending increases. And the Republicans will, will certainly point to uh, increases as something that they want to avoid. Uh, Democrats on the other side of the aisle will point out that this is an increase from sequestration levels, which were already low. And here you're talking about increases in particular particular for scientific research, basic scientific research, uh, uh, and will argue in favor of uh, this being important for our country. We're not going to necessarily pick sides on this podcast, although we will point out that uh, HPC funding uh, for our industry is in a lot of these increases. Yeah, and it tends to get bipartisan support as well. I mean, a lot of the general funding for discretionary spending, uh, that can be very contentious, but uh, there's a lot of Republicans in Congress that that are interested in, in these uh, these investments and, well, down to the local level. Some of the districts obviously uh, benefit from these, but there's there's pretty good support for these. So this is probably not as contentious as some of the other spending we're going to see, but uh, there right. does remain to be seen how much is actually going to fall into the 2016 uh, uh, budget. It might also depend on what stripe of Republican you're talking about. There, we're really not to turn it into a political show, but we're really dealing with three separate Republican parties now in the United States, with the the uh, the, the traditional Republicans, the Tea Party Republicans, and the Libertarians, who are also now Republican uh, vying for Republican votes. Uh, uh, so it, it might depend on which of those kinds of Republicans you mean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the other thing we should keep in mind, just on a global context, I mean, the United States has 
cut back in the general budget through sequestration, but uh, you know we've seen other places in Europe and and some in Asia where they've even become even more conservative about spending. So it's not like we're the only ones in this boat that have uh, had to deal with uh, cutbacks in R and D. Uh, the other Western uh, countries and around the world have also done this to, to an extent post recession. Not in Greece, though. They've elected a new leader who is uh, who is anti-austerity. He's going to ramp up the spending in Greece again. Yeah, we'll see that first uh, Greek supercomputer any day now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while while the the U.S. is now putting aside additional money for Exascale, or at least hoping to in the budget, also this week in HPC, we've got a, a new startup company out there that had a press release, uh, a company called Optalysis, with a press release about its Series A funding. And Michael, we've talked before on this show about alternate technologies that are out there on the horizon that aren't the standard traditional digital uh, uh, transistors and processors that we've talked about previously. What other technologies we might have out there on the horizon? One of them we've talked about is the idea of optical computing with lasers, and Optalysis is in exactly that space. Right. They've been they've been uh, doing this for a while, sort of in stealth mode, but they're very close to releasing uh, their, first, their first prototype. Uh, in fact, they're just days away, supposedly. They wanted to do it in January, so they're a little late. Uh, this is the first time they got, they have some serious funding. They had some seed money back when they started a few years ago, uh, but this is uh, Series A funding officially now from a, a firm called Grant Thornton in the UK, which is where Apalysis is based. Um, but not how much is there. It's just uh, they, it seems like they'll have enough now to sort of go forward with their initial plans, uh, ending in a, their first product in sometime around the 2017 time frame. Well, let's talk, in, at least in general terms, about what this product is. We're not going to be able to do a whole technical briefing here, but it is a really different kind of computing. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, Computing by light, so they perform light computations uh, in parallel by by basically shooting laser beams through a liquid crystal panel or a series of liquid crystal panels in, in an analog manner. So they they uh, as it passes through these liquid crystals, the the laser naturally diffracts, and they can create sort of a mathematical pattern by. Uh, setting certain voltages through the liquid crystals and letting it diffract in certain ways, and they can split the beams into uh, many different uh, separate laser beams, and they can basically compute in parallel in that manner. Um, right. They're, they're doing two things. They're diffracting the laser, of course, and then they're also modulating the laser. So they alter the signal in the different beams, and those uh, take on different mathematical values to, that, that you pick up uh, in the receiver side. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's basically, it's an, in a sense, it's an analog version of what you would do digitally using sort of this the the light values and and how it's how they diffract and, and then at the very end they sort of record this and put it into a digital form um, after all the computations are done. Uh, the big claim here is that it uses much less power than uh, electronics and also is, is much smaller. I mean, their first prototype is is going to be in the you know tens or perhaps hundreds of gigaflops equivalent, uh, but they're looking uh, seriously towards putting up something that would be equivalent to a pet 
petaflop system and even an exaflop system uh, in the same or or even nearer term time frame than an exaflop systems are planned for for just conventional digital computers. I mean, it's a nice idea and one that we've talked about at least at the theoretical level before. The actual implementation will be something we'll have to see, and then in particular, how you code for it. Uh, presumably, your your algorithms have to be reimagined for how they're going to work in a in a diffracted laser array, and how you you know code your voltages through the liquid crystals in order to do that just right. I, I imagine that's more than just a simple recompile to go do that, but. Uh, We'll have to get a, a little more of a detailed technical uh, demonstration and, and presentation on it before we can make those judgments. Yeah, I think once they come out with the prototype, there'll probably be some more information forthcoming. And certainly, if they get the product out uh, in a couple of years, uh, we'll know a lot more about it. Now, on the website, they did talk about uh, the software to some extent. They said they're going to uh, develop a software wrapper for things like OpenFoam and MATLAB and, and maybe a few other packages, uh, which which seems rather uh, ambitious, but uh, they realize that software is going to be a big issue for somebody doing optical computing, and they're going to have right. to have some sort of uh, roadmap for, for legacy applications. Yeah, what I presume they mean by that is that they will work on the implementation of a few target applications applications to show that the uh, the utility of it that it can be done but that still any application will need to be re-implemented for this going forward still the promise is there very interesting idea uh, and, and we'll see if uh, optical is what can really bring us into the future yeah very interesting uh, company to watch and uh, yeah we'll keep our we'll keep a watch on it as, as they come out with uh, some of these prototypes and products. All right, Michael. Well, thanks very much uh, for another episode. Thanks to you for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 